Hey everyone, this is episode four of the Uncivilized podcast. Um, we originally planned to talk about the uh, green technology issue, uh, but with recent events happening in world news, uh, with the Turkish invasion of northern Syria, also known as Rojava, um, we kind of thought that it would be a good time to throw our stance in on this entire issue. So yeah, Art, if you kind of want to start out and explain what's going on, then we can go in from there. It was a few days ago, I believe, uh, the 6th, is Trump made an official announcement that he and the leader of Turkey had decided that Trump would pull out and allow Turkey to essentially invade northern Syria to properly handle ISIS prisoners. But as we know, uh, ISIS and other fundamentalist groups that destabilize the region and Turkey have personal relationships. So, of course, that's not really the goal here. And this also proves as a way of what is, you know, 100% of the way, a genocide of Kurdish people. So I don't know the finer details. Rojava has always been something Brady has been super passionate about. And I realized that when we saw this, this is something that we have to talk about. Yeah, I mean, uh, in one of our earlier episodes, um, when we were still critical of Capital, I think it was our second episode or third um, we did the episode, uh, yeah, second episode. We did it called uh, Struggles of Liberation, where I basically went off for about 45 minutes on the history of Rojava. And uh, this is just another instance of uh, Turkey trying to genocide the Kurdish people. I mean, we saw it uh, all the way back in the Ottoman Empire and even earlier. Uh, we see it in Turkish villages uh, that are majority Kurdish ethnic uh, on the border with Syria, being attacked constantly by not only artillery strikes, but by Turkish helicopters and fighter jets. Um, There's a pretty famous picture of a PKK uh, militant standing with an American anti-helicopter missile launcher, and he shoots down a Turkish helicopter. Um, So that basically just shows you the relationship between not only the Turkish people, but the Turkish government and military and uh, minority groups within their borders. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Turkey doesn't really have the best track record when it comes to minority ethnic groups. Uh, We can start with the Armenian genocide uh, all the way up to Turkish oppression uh, of just uh, name it, name any ethnic minority within the borders of Turkey and their government and military have either A, tried to genocide them, B, are currently trying to genocide them, or C, just bombed them into oblivion because of anti-terrorist uh, posterity measures. So mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think it's honestly a joke. Within the past 36 hours, um, reports say, and I haven't been able to verify these yet since it's such new information, uh, but reports have said that there have been over 1 million displaced people in northern Syria who are fleeing the shelling and uh, constant airstrikes from the Turkish government. Even other countries within NATO are warning Turkey that their invasion into northern Syria is going to further destabilize the region and it's going to bring back a resurgence of ISIS. You can look no further than their training camps on the border where they were training free Syrian army troops uh, and other fundamentalist Islamic groups to invade Rojava to basically just try to cause as much collateral damage as they could. Within the past 24 hours, there's been shelling and artillery strikes in Afrin, uh, Riz al-In, and Kamishli. 
where we see Kamishli has had the most civilian casualties. Uh, also, mm-hmm. if you want to be a nerd like me on this, make sure to follow Popular Front. Basically, my social media for the past three days has just been reposts of all of his content on this conflict. Yeah, it's honestly, I- I'm going to try not to rant too much, but uh, like Art said, this is something that I'm very, very passionate about. And I'm super upset to see the way that the international community, let alone the international, quote unquote, militant and radical community has handled this situation. And I'll kind of, mm-hmm. I'll let Art explain some of the uh, issues that they've seen with these arguments. And then I could rant on for another 15 minutes about it. Yeah. And before I do that, something else that came about is countries like Germany and essentially all of NATO has said what you're doing, what Turkey's doing, what Erdogan, the, you know, the, the borderline fascist president of Turkey, they're saying that this is an invasion and you need to stop. He threatened to flood Europe with millions of Syrian refugees, which is a, it's a threat to national security if they continue to call him out on this bullshit. So that's just showing even more of how desperate they are to do what they're doing. But moving on to some of what, you know, these militant radical leftists are have been talking about is they accuse, you know, the Rojava force, the SDF of genocide of, I believe they they can they call out them genocide in Arabic and Assyrian minorities in the area. They believe that they are uh, forcefully conscripting child uh, child fighters as well as basically being imperialist puppets. All of three, you can argue on a, the most basic level that that is a reality. The thing is, if you use your brain and you investigate and you do more than just book worship, you understand that's not the reality, and that's what Brady is so fired up about. Yeah, basically, fuck Jason Unruh and fuck everything that he's said about northern Syria in the past, like, three years. Uh, He he basically conflated uh, 15 to 17-year-olds helping to liberate the villages that their families are trapped in to the SDF, mainly the YPG. They don't really claim this about the YPJ as much, uh, forcefully conscripting child soldiers. Uh, We see this um, on Popular Front, one of his recent posts. I'm going to talk about Jake Hanrahan a lot. I, I love the guy and I love the content that he puts out. Um, a video where there are uh, a bunch of children in northern Syria loading magazines in a mosque to give to the SDF that are going out to fight Turkey. And all you see in the comments of this post is either leftists who are showing their solidarity with the people, leftists who are claiming that Uh, Anyone who is defending these people is begging for U.S. imperialism in the region. And then you have the smaller minority, but still there are people that are saying the the YPG are literally using child soldiers. They're loading magazines. How could they do this? And I, I don't know. I think it's fucking ridiculous. I think that if you put it into perspective as if. Uh, if your fucking home was being invaded by a force that was trying to kill you for the race that you were born as, your ethnicity, of course you would do anything to help the people that are stopping them. They're not even picking up weapons. They are loading magazines. So yeah, fuck Jason Unruh. What's What's interesting about this is this is more true of your, what you can call authoritarian, I don't like that term, the authoritarian socialists of the MLs, Maoists, and so on who say, you know, this child warfare is horrible, it's apprehensible, but they will rightfully, you know, celebrate the the children who had to, you know, take up arms during both the Russian Revolution and the the German occupation of Poland and other countries, the Mali uh, Postenayak 
which I'm probably mispronouncing that. It's called the Little Insurrectionist. It's a statue that honored the children who fought Nazis in Poland. Like they, people celebrate that, and that's a good thing because these these kids were willing to sacrifice their young, innocent lives for what you can, you know, consider is a, you know, the quote greater good. You know, killing Nazis. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I agree. And so, I mean, you also, you know, they celebrate the youth of the Soviet Union, but you know, when those darn Kurdish people are doing it, that's just that's just apprehensible. That's just you can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the basically the leftist fucking hypocrisy of support an oppressed minority, um, which I, I don't think you could argue that in the past 800 years, uh, the Kurdish people have been consistently oppressed by every single regime that has had power over them. Look at the first Gulf War, the Iran-Iraq War, where Saddam was gas, uh, gassing Kurdish people in Iraq. Look at the constant bombardment of Turkish troops into not only Kurdish villages within Turkey, but into Syria. You can look at the way that the Iranian government has treated uh, Kurds in their Kurdish region, basically subjugating them into a a peasant class. Uh, But the leftists will, you'll never hear a majority of them call out to support these people in their, their act of national liberation. But why? Why won't they do it? These people are supporting a uh, dismantling of the patriarchy, of grassroots democracy, and a movement against capitalism, but they don't support it because it's not their brand of Marxism. They're not following the dogmatic line that they listen to in their, uh, in their echo spaces, their echo chambers, and that makes mm-hmm. them a threat. That makes, and that's, that's it. That just, it makes them a threat to their movements. All these kids online that are making memes about genocide, who for all intents and purposes would be horrified if you made memes about the Holocaust, think that this is just like the funniest thing ever. And I find it, I find it pretty, uh, pretty telling, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, I will actually go and cite some examples of Kurdish oppression in Turkey. This is from the culturalsurvival.org and it's titled Kurdish Rep- uh, Repression in Turkey. So let's, let's go here. In a 1924 mandate forbade Kurdish schools, organizations, and publications. Even the words Kurd and Kurdistan were outlawed, making any written or spoken acknowledgement of their existence illegal, which is the first start is dehumanization. That is always the beginnings of oppression and genocide. And then, according to Association France-Kurdistan, between 1925 and 1939, 1.5 million Kurds a third of their population were deported and or massacred. In 1930, the Kurdish minister, or the Turkish minister, excuse me, of justice declared, I won't hide my feelings. The Turk is the only Lord, the only master of this country. Those who are not of pure Turkish origin will have only one right in Turkey, the right to be servants and slaves. Wow. So, uh, there's a lot of nuance to that. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh man, this shit, I'm sorry. This just just gets me really fired up. Just, you don't even have to take my word for it. Go into leftist circles online and try to argue with them about the fact that they are literally supporting a genocide against people because they took American aid in their fight against ISIS. One large issue, too, that Turkey has is they conflate the uh, Marxist-Leninist Communist Party or the MLKP. Uh, which is a, uh, or any sort of these radical leftist groups uh, that tend to be more of your Marxist-Leninist or uh, Maoist groups, uh, they conflate because they have a higher percentage of Turkish 
uh, population or Kurdish population in them that they associate all Kurdish action that is radical with these these quote terrorist groups, and they, that's how they justify the imprisonment of them. Is they see their entire the entire ethnic group as like an affront to like Turkish existence, which obviously is an apprehensible position, and which just leads to what we see as genocide. And I know we were just talking about this earlier, Art, but I think we should also make it very clear that this is. And now I'm not asking for U.S. troops to stay in Syria um, because I'm not a fan of the U.S. I don't think I have to make that uh, extremely clear. I think it should be clear just by my beliefs. But this is the one time that I can think of in the past 50 to 60 years that U.S. troops uh, stationed in an area has actually been a net positive for people preventing a genocide. And I think that if people are unwilling to talk about that, I think they're being dishonest. And oh, that's basically that's basically all I'm seeing from these quote unquote radical circles is just plain dishonesty, uh, basically the highest order. And I don't know how these people don't understand their own hypocrisy. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is, and we should make a note that when we talk of leftists, and we've mentioned this before, we typically mean almost your 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 sort of bourgeois first world leftists so i do have a large level of sympathy of course for like these leftist groups that exist you know in the third world or in northern syria because they have they they even talked about this right that they have a completely different mindset than leftists that we talk about do well i think well i do think i obviously we disagree ideologically i don't take the same sort of attacks on their character because they have different characters in relation to like politics. It is interesting that these MLs, the, uh, even anarchists is some people Brady was running into Maoists, you know, they're side, they're fighting side by side in, you know, Kurdistan or Northern Syria. And obviously those back home here, you know, Britain, uh, all of Europe, you know, North America, Canada, they're like, oh, you know, that's, they're just imperialist puppets. So yeah, it's really nice. You can say that from the comfort of your chair. Like, it's so easy to criticize when you're not a part of that movement, when you're not constantly facing fucking genocide from a state that is being allowed to do it, basically. It's just some countries are saying, hey, don't do that. Yeah, I mean, like the armchair revolutionary always knows best. So I think you should 100% take their advice uh, extremely seriously, you know, because clearly they know what's best uh, for the world and they know geopolitics better than anyone else because, once again, fuck Jason Unruh. They watch Jason Unruh. They know all about the situation happening in Syria. So, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I think... I, I don't even know where to go. My my mind is scrambled, Art. You're probably going to have to take this one from here. Yeah, so... And I do think, you know, we can go on about this is... You know, I wrote a piece recently called, uh, you know, Regional Collapse, Regional Liberation, or a Primitivist Theory of Combined Uneven Development. And I basically took some concepts from Lenin, Trotsky, and, you know, those sorts of thinkers, and I applied their concept of con- combined uneven development, which is basically the world does not move in stages all at once, obviously. No, no one with a fucking brain, you know, would think that. But it moves unevenly so for example we can take uh let's take russia before the the russian revolution because i think this is a good example that you know trotsky talked about that 
they were they were feudal, but they were having relations. So they were behind the Western Europe, right? They were still feudal, but they had these relations with Western Europe that were partly colonialist, uh, sort of proto-imperialist, that allowed some centers of Russia to develop towards capitalism while still keeping what Trotsky called their primitive aspects, some of their feudal relations, their scientific and cultural thinking. So they had this, you know, this melting pot of contradictory concepts and the whole world sort of moves in that fashion. And I think uh, through the exploitation of the third world, you know, for green technology and other uh, advancements that we can start to see uh, balkanization, uh, larger and larger regions starting to separate from the, from the status quo, from the, from globalization, internationalism, whatever you want to call it. And they will start to, to produce, um, scenarios that the Zapatistas have created that uh, the Rojava movement has started to create in the last uh, 30, 40 years. <clears throat> and I think that we'll, we're going to necessarily see more of these because they come hand in hand with globalism. The more globalism or you know global capitalism, whatever term you want to use, the more uh, pushback you will get. And we are at the highest level that we've ever seen of this sort of world society, if you want to call it that. So you're going to see it's going to be political. It's going to be criminal, you know, lacking ideology in favor of money and power. And I think that's going to be good for our movement because we can either side with them or critically support, not support everyone, right? Because not every movement will necessarily help us, but we can give critical support to some of them. And I do think Rojava, well, again, I don't ideologically agree with them. I think they, they serve as an interesting template, the same way the Zapatistas do. So that is where I support them from uh, sort of sort of seeing what they're how they produce new new situations, how they defend themselves. You know, this this Turkish situation, you know, the invasion is going to prove a, their biggest testing ground, as well as what other movements can learn from them. They Brady and I talked about this before we started recording. They are essentially the modern Catalonia. I know some people might get offended by that because, you know, Oh, you don't want to hurt the, the the anarchist feelings or the ML feelings that their movement isn't light, but <laughs> fuck them, fuck them. <laughs> but I think that you know that's a reality. It looks very similar, but we haven't seen the backstabbing, from my knowledge, of the different groups there. And I'm not trying to sound like a supporter of you know left unity, but I do think it is interesting what they have created, and I do give credit where credit is due, and I do think the SDF, the YPG, the YPJ, and all of, all of them have created an interesting situation almost all radical politics can learn from. Oh, I definitely agree. Um, from, from the standpoint of the society that they have created, uh, a, a non-patriarchal and a more grassroots uh, direct democracy, I don't think anyone can argue that their region of Syria is almost at a better standpoint than anywhere else in the world in terms of the principles that leftists advocate for. Uh, racial, mm -hmm. religious, and um, ethnic equality. Uh, they have uh, the best track record with LGBT groups in the Middle East. I, I don't understand how leftists can argue against them. It's literally everything that they want in terms of uh, intersectional uh, equality and justice. But, you know, the, the leftist is a strange, a strange beast. They are not to be understood. Yeah. And of course, there's going to be so many leftists that message us. I support 
you know, their Kurdish movement. I say this and I say that, but there is a growing number within the leftist movement that do not support them and have not supported them, especially in your more armchair types, your, your, some of your left communists, you've had issues with MLs, uh, your, your Marxists such as um, Unruh, you know, those sort of circles. So when, you know, whenever we comment on leftism or different leftist ideologies, you're always going to, always going to get that one or two people that are like, well, I don't think that, so that's cool. But the rest of your movement is having a growing tendency to think the way we're attacking them for. So you saying that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, if you're one of those, if you're one of those people that's actually being ideologically consistent, speak out. Uh, criticize the members of your own movement. That's something that I think the left needs to do, uh, not only from, uh, obviously, like the woke scolding that we see in the left, uh, but you need to do it from a, a practical theory standpoint and from an implementation of theory standpoint, like, hey, these people are doing everything that we advocate for. Why aren't you supporting them? Why are you, uh, why are you ignoring the genocide that's happening to these people and that will continue to happen to these people? Absolutely. Like I said, leftists are fucking crazy. And yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what to say about it. Like I said, I've been so heated for the past 24 hours that... This is basically me letting out all of my anger. Yeah. How many people did you say uh, have been displaced and how many have died? And as well, can you go on about the situation where ISIS prisoners aren't being handled by Turkey, but are actually escaping? Can you go on a little bit about that? Yeah. So this is um, unconfirmed, obviously, like I said earlier, just because of how new the information is. So unconfirmed reports of around a thousand civilians killed so far in the shellings uh, because Turkey is targeting open air markets, apartment complexes, hospitals, schools, and other uh, community centers. Um, just in the past 24 hours in Kamishli, there was a, uh, an F-16 strike. Uh, and by the way, these F-16s were purchased from the United States and given to Turkey uh, on, a, on an apartment complex in uh, Kamishli. So, yeah, as well as the entire pretext for the invasion, uh, like Art was saying, uh, the fact that President Trump basically gave Erdogan the green light to invade Syria to basically basically uh, take control of ISIS prisoners uh, that the Kurdish were um, holding on to. Uh, what's happening is that with this invasion of northern Syria, uh, the Kurds have had to pull... Um, almost all of their troops that were guarding these prisoners, making sure that they did not escape away from the prisons to stop the fucking genocide. Uh, so these ISIS prisoners are escaping and they have vowed to create larger sleeper cells and to become active in Syria again, uh, which I think was the plan of Turkey all along. If you see with the, uh, the FSA um, that Turkey helped fund and train, uh, their entire plan was to invade northern Syria, destabilize the region, kill civilians, uh, drag Assad's forces up to the north, and then have Turkish troops push in and take control of Syria. Uh, it's not very hard to see that Erdogan is trying to uh, oust Bashar al-Assad and kill the Kurdish people. Artemis can attest to this, that I am not a fan of Bashar al-Assad in the slightest. Uh, but I do think that that that's the reason that this is happening. Uh, even if you look at the Syrian government's response to these invasions in northern Syria, uh, I think six months ago, 
um, or nine months ago when Turkey invaded Afrin and have held control of Afrin since, uh, the Syrian government was like, okay, we are going to uh, uh, fight against any and all occupation of our lands. So they sent up some anti-aircraft guns and some troops uh, that basically pulled out after about a month or two. Didn't stop any airstrikes, didn't stop any barrel bombings, didn't stop any ground invasions. And we haven't even heard a response from the Syrian government that I know of. And I'll admit I haven't been watching it 24-7, but I do check up on it. Um, so if something has come out by the time this video is posted, feel free to correct me. I would like to hear it. Yeah. I actually, I just pulled something up from the Washington Post. <clears throat> Turkey says it aims to create a safe zone in northeast Syria, where millions of Syrian refugees living in Turkey could potentially resettle. Erdogan said the following. After Turkey takes control of this region... Everyone can be sure that the Islamic State will not reappear. Takes control of the region. Just, he's not even hiding it. He's literally saying we're taking part of Syria. That is what he's wow. saying. Wow, so the relative peace that people in northern Syria have enjoyed since the fall of the caliphate, they're, they're really bringing stability and peace by bombing the shit out of apartment complexes, huh? Yeah. Wow, thank you. Thank you for bringing peace, Erdogan. You're doing a great job. And then he said, we will do whatever is necessary. Killing innocent people is necessary to bring stability. Of course, how could I forget? That's how it works. Yeah, and I was saying this on my Instagram. Uh, the only reason why so many people are talking about this now is, number one, because the mainstream media is still talking about it. Uh, but once stuff comes up more with uh, Trump's impeachment, uh, the Ukraine scandals, uh, this will be forgotten about. And if Turkey is willing to kill civilians in mass while the entire world is watching, what are they going to do when the world stops watching? Good point. How many, they, people have, they, how many people have to die? When it goes under the radar, man, that's what it is. I have to say that similar, sort of similar to what Ted said is that, you know, freedom of press is only really important to certain people that have money to be able to organize. But it also inadvertently helps keep politicians and nations in check to some degree. And I think that's what the the press is doing to Turkey right now. It is being offensive and people, but it's not being offensive enough where people aren't going to just say, just stop, because that's all it is. People are just saying, just stop. That's bad. That's an invasion. But there hasn't been, to my knowledge, since I looked this morning, actual threats against Turkey that can last a long time from NATO. Uh, I saw something maybe about trade, but to be honest, how long do those things really last over these sort of situations, especially when people forget it's happening? Because when people don't notice it's happening, it's going to get so much worse. In the, I mean, and there's only so much we, you know, in the West, in, you know, wherever you are, can do. I, and I hate saying, you know, solidarity is enough, but I do think that challenging these misconceptions, this anti-Rojava, Northern Syria propaganda, is some of the best you can do because if we start, you know, if this sort of stuff gets out, these these lies and propaganda gets out, people will be okay with this genocide. People will be okay and they will accept it. And that's what that's what this propaganda is allowing, is the allowing the genocide of another another group by the hands of Turkey. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The fact is that people need to speak out. Um, I, I don't care if you call me uh, a LARPer, whatever for me speaking out about this because I have no connection to these people. My connection to these people is the fact that they are trying to resist genocide. They're having a struggle for national liberation for their people. And I'm not a fan of genocide. 
And I don't think a majority of, of leftists are either. I would say 99%. But the fact is their actions are going completely against my thinking. And to be honest, I might even have to change my stance on that, depending, uh, depending on the response that we see. Uh, because I'm not going to be naive and claim that uh, leftists are the friends of oppressed peoples when they're, they're not showing themselves to be right now. Um, but I, I hope the left proves me wrong, to be honest. I hope they prove me wrong. I hope people speak out. And I hope international pressure from people in the West and in other parts of the world stops Turkey. Um, but I'm not going to be naive and say that this is more than likely going to go good for the, for the Kurdish people in Rojava. I don't think that they stand a chance. Um, they don't have anti-aircraft missiles. They don't have, uh, they don't have tanks. Uh, they don't even have supply trucks in most cases or ambulances. They use the old refurbished trucks and they make their own armored vehicles uh, in workshops. Uh, this isn't going to go good for them. Um, so far with the invasion of Afrin in the past 10 months, I've seen reports from uh, Kurdish uh, sources saying that there's been over 2,000 YPG fighters killed. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. And I think we're going to see more civilians dead within the next weeks and months. And uh, that's it. Nothing good is going to come from this. Bloodshed, death, and genocide is all that's going to happen. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could keep going on forever. Um, but honestly, I, I need to take a break from this shit. Uh, thank you for listening to us ramble for 30 plus minutes. Uh, this has been episode four of the Uncivilized Podcast. Uh, BG Rojava, fuck Turkey. <laughs>